Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. You know the podcast where athletes and geeks collide. I know y'all got a double episode yesterday. Got some more feedback on that. Got I spoke with some of the people that are helping me work on this project. Some of the people that are working on um the we're gonna we're gonna drop working on the promo video and working on um what's called the intro outros different effects spoke with some of them they said we might be ready we we we, we might we might be ready early to mid July so that's when you need to be ready to peep up the um YouTube channel uh it's already created now you can look it up at Ath Geeks podcast but there's nothing on it for right now um. The art is gonna change on there as well, cause we have we have it getting worked on. It's gonna get fixed up. Everything's gonna get changed from there, and everything's gonna look good past then. Um, I want to come out here and first of all, first and foremost, say shout out to the 2022 NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. Y'all earned it. Much respect. Y'all already know how I feel about Curry. That's my GOAT. That's my greatest point guard of all time. That's my favorite player ever. Um, shout out Wardell, Stephen Curry. You know what he came out there and did. He 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 showed up to n- last night, and he put it away. He put all the questions down. He got his finals MVP. He got what he needed. Um, to all those ran, to all those weirdos are saying, break up the Celtics now. Um, they can't work. Tatum choked it away. I mean, injury or not, oh, we all know his shoulders messed up. Injury or not, though, Tatum didn't play his best series. We all can admit that. We all can admit injury or not. We know his shoulders messed up. It's gonna come out. I'm telling y'all right now. It's about to come out. His shoulder was messed up because we saw it happen two series ago. We saw it happen again and affect him in the Miami series. And then we saw it affect him even more in the Golden State series. And it also didn't help that Draymond grabbed his shoulder multiple times and they were just trying to get stuff like that. Affect his shoulder. But regardless, injury or not, he needed to be better. You show up on the court, you say, I'm going to play. You got to be better than that. It just is what it is. Um... It's just, it just is what it is, but we're young. We have, I know a lot of people say, oh yeah, you're young, you have time, and then they never get back. I feel like we have a good team to get back. I just hope our management doesn't panic in the offseason, make some blockbuster trade, and changes everything up. But we're going to find out. We're going to see. Anyways, let's get into what we're here to talk about today. So, because of this, um, now we don't have to worry about it. Now we don't have to worry about a, a, a episode on for for today because we, we're going to do this, but we can go ahead and start since the NBA Finals over. We can start our two, our redraft series. Um, I don't, I'm still got to, I got to discuss with Spells if he's going to be able to give you our episode Monday and he's going to start that the Monday afterwards, but we're going to start this redraft series. So here we are and we're here for the 2011 NBA redraft. So the original order sounded like this. The Cleveland Cavaliers selected Kyrie Irving. Minnesota Timberwolves selected Derrick Williams. Utah Jazz selected Enos Freedom. Cleveland Cavaliers, again, had another pick um, and took Tristan Thompson. Toronto took Jonas Valanciunas. Um, Washington Wizards selected Jan Vesely. Sacramento took Bismack Biombo. Detroit took Brandon Knight. Charlotte, uh, on Bobcats at the time, took Kimball Walker. 
um, Milwaukee traded this pick to Sacramento, just like Sacramento traded Biombo to Charlotte. However, as y'all know in these redraft series, we are keeping the original order that was on lottery day. When the lottery came out, like these are the picks. That's who we're going with. If the team traded their pick later, or they traded on draft night, or they made any trades, we are not adding those trades. We are not doing those. We're just going based off the order. So Milwaukee selected Jimmer. They traded that his rights to Sacramento, but Milwaukee had the tenth pick, and we're going to keep it that way. Golden State selected Clay Thompson. Utah Jazz selected Alec Burks. Phoenix took Marquise Morris, and then Houston took Marcus Morris. Um, this draft was not the deepest. It was very extremely top-heavy and then fell off to mid-type players. So, in to now, when we do the redraft, we're obviously starting off with Cleveland. So... For the first pick of the 2011 NBA redraft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Kawhi Leonard. You already know how this goes. Mr. Fun Guy, everything about him, five-time All-Star, five-time All-Defense, seven-time, I'm sorry, five-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Defense. I forget about those years with the Spurs. He was a def- All-Defense before he was All-NBA. Two-time defense, Defensive Player of the Year, two-time Finals MVP, and the only player from this draft that was on the NBA 75th anniversary team. Easily the best player in this draft. Easily the most accomplished player in this draft. And because of that, he has to go number one pick. How you got the uh, NBA top 75 player of all time and he don't go number one in the draft. Unless you have multiple in the draft, I can understand, but we only have one. So, of course, Cleveland Cleveland in this rebuild, <laughs> Cleveland about to be crazy. So, Cleveland takes Kawhi Leonard. And then with the second pick, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves selecting Kyrie Irving. Mr. Uncle Drew, Mr. Handles for Days, Mr. Ain't Nothing Over There, Kyrie Irving. This might be an awkward fit with their foreign point guard coming over. So if if you remember the year before or two years, three years before, two, yeah, the, yeah, two, three years before they drafted, um, no, it was two years before, because that was the Curry draft. Two years ago, they drafted, we're in 2011, two years ago, they drafted Rubio. Rubio is still playing overseas. So, this will be the first year Rubio actually comes over. Like, Rubio is supposed to, um, what's it called, come over, and they're going to, so they're going to have Kai and Rubio back there. So, that backcourt is not going to be the best defensively. It's going to be kind of non-existent, early, especially early on, Kyrie Irving and Rubio. Rubio was good at, you know, getting steals, playing passing lanes. But as, like, an on-ball defender, it's going to be pretty ugly. Um... But we all know how Kyrie Irving is anyway. Kyrie has always seen himself as more of a shooting guard than a point guard. We've seen him be more of a secondary playmaker rather than a primary. So it should work. It's just 
defensively it's going to be disgusting you're going to have ricky rubio kyrie irving and kevin love but offensively that powerhouse is going to be kind of crazy because you know how kyrie can just worry about scoring he doesn't have to worry about facilitating or anything like that and we saw what happened in um, brooklyn that's a role he really really can play well um with the third pick the utah jazz select jimmy buckets elite two-way player they're going to easily have had draft the best wing of the draft. Like, if Kawhi wasn't here, this would be the best wing of the draft. But I'm sure they'll take the second best wing in the draft. We saw him lead the Heat to a number one seed, take over, like, go crazy, take his game to the next level. We saw all that with Jimmy. We saw Jimmy do, do back in the bubble. We've seen Jimmy just be great. Yes, it's going to take them a while because he's going to develop because we know um, Jimmy didn't just come out right away and just be Jimmy. He didn't come out right away and be Jimmy. He had to develop and turn into Jimmy. And this is going to give him plenty of time because they have Al Jefferson. They have Paul Millsap still there, and they're leading the way. They have Gordon Hayward back there, too. He's like Gordon Hayward be on his second year. That's what he got drafted the year before, so he'd be in his second year. He's sitting there. And you, so I'm like, you have options to where Jimmy Butler doesn't have to come in right away and be elite. Jimmy Bullock can come back and be challenged. And we have to see if he's still going to turn into that same player. Because we know Coach Tibbs, like, pushed him and made him go to another level. But if he can have that, I mean, Jimmy Butler's pass is crazy. So, I mean, he has all the motivation in the world. So, Jimmy Butler, get that done. A a future with Jimmy Butler and Gordon Hayward as your future wings. That's a pretty crazy, especially young Gordon Hayward before the injury. That's going to be a pretty crazy team. And now with the fourth pick, Cleveland's back up. And now this is where Cleveland goes crazy because Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers draft, Clay Thompson, Clay and Kawhi. Oh, my God. This, y'all, y'all got to remember. Y'all got to remember. LeBron is not coming back for another, like, four, three, four years. Like, LeBron, like, this draft happened, and then, like, three years later, two, yeah, cause he can't, yeah, because it's 2011, so, yeah, three years later, he comes back after he loses his first. Y'all have Kawhi and Clay. Three years in developing, who knows if they still turn into those type of players, but if they do, sheesh, Cleveland doesn't have to worry about, like, they don't even have to wait for LeBron to return to be their savior. They have two of the best two-way players in the league. While argu- like they arguably a top five three-point shooter of all time and a legit superstar potential player in Kawhi Leonard. And even if LeBron like comes back and when he comes back, man, imagine having Clay at the two, Kawhi at the three, and LeBron at the four. Or if they do like the LA days and move LeBron to the one. And LeBron not going out to play league. You got elite defense. Oh, my God. That would be crazy. And even if LeBron was like, because they're not trading those two away if they if they start reading their potential. So he wouldn't even have to worry about getting it. And let's say LeBron like finally, like, okay, I'm moving to L.A., blah, blah, blah. That, that That's fine. That, that, that's fine because you still have Kling, um on what's called Kawhi, and they're going to be great. But at the same time, there's no dynasty for LeBron to go over there and fight in Golden State as well as, like, why would you leave these two? And you, you might as well just sit there and then just let them grow 
until they're ready to leave, sit there and win as many championships as possible. Like, Cleveland, Cleveland, this is for you. Like, hey, take care of it. Uh, number five, we had the Toronto Raptors and Kimball Walker. That's who they're going to go with. Um, Kimball Walker, like, Kim Walker was a um a bucket prior to those injuries. I debated back and forth on this one for a little bit because Kim Walker is an all star, all NBA type guard in his prime, even though it was all on those bad teams. Yes, he was probably the worst team in NBA history. And yes, they lost all the time. They weren't a good team. Yes, a lot of people say he had empty stats. Yes, when he came to Boston, he got hurt, and then his numbers dipped off, and he wasn't the same, but he also got hurt. Let's not forget that. Yes, when he left Boston, um, he went to New York. And I mean, well, he got traded to OKC, then went to New York. They bought him out, and New York was like, all right, here's your contract, but then they didn't want to play him. But we saw a little stretch of Kimball Walker his first year there, and he went kind of crazy, but now it's like, we don't know how much longer Kimba has in the league. He's an undersized guard. But at this time, early on, Kimba Walker, undersized guard, was a bucket. He was just a bucket. He had hype coming out after hitting that crazy, what's the game winner in college. He, like, he, he, he was a bucket. Like, there's, there's, there's not much more to say. And here in Toronto, I mean, maybe his career goes different because and again, he was a part of the worst team in NBA history in Charlotte. And instead of having his career die in Charlotte, because Jordan's an awful, an awful, what's called, GM slash owner. But I don't know, he's getting better now. But back then, he was putrid. Instead of having something like that, you have, you know, you have Toronto. And maybe, you're, like I said, maybe your career ends up differently. You have DeMar DeRozan and all of them there. Maybe maybe your career ends up differently. You got to hope for the bright side. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. Um, the Washington Wizards select Bogdanovich. Um, I struggle with this one. Uh, the Wizards basically had nothing at this pick anyway with Jan Vesely. And, like, the struggle for them was spacing. They had a slashing point guard and bigs that couldn't stretch the floor. They had John Wall there, a point guard, and you got to think they had, like, Nene, they had Gortat. So they didn't really have bigs that could stretch the floor. So getting Jan Vest at the time, I still didn't understand it. You, get, you got a athletic wing that couldn't shoot, and now it's like with Bogdanovich, you're going to get a, a spacer, uh, somebody that could that can really shoot the ball, can play make a little bit, can do a little bit of everything. He's just not going to help defensively, but – he can do a little bit of everything offensively to make life easier. He can do everything like that. Um, not every pick has to be an all-star or a home run. Sometimes you just need those glue guys, the perfect fit guys. And I feel like Bogdanovich would be, like, the perfect glue guy in this situation. Just somebody to space the floor can play the two or the three. Um, even slide into small ball four later on in his career. Uh Yes, they will have to wait three years for him to finish his stint in Turkey. But, like I said, they got nothing from this pick anyway. So, it's not that big a deal just to wait three years. You let that other core, he comes over. He fits in with the young core and just makes everything work. Um, Sacramento's next. And I have the Sacramento Kings selecting Isaiah 
Thomas. They're sticking with Isaiah Thomas, except for this time they're drafting him at seven instead of drafting him at 60. Um, at his peak, he was an all-NBA type caliber like player. He was a top five in MVP voting. He was clearly an all-star. Barring injuries, like he might still be a six-man in this league today because most six-men not defending. Look at the six men today. You got Jordan Clarkson. You got Tyler Hero. None of them are playing defense. And so, barring injury, I think, like, he'd be fine. And the only thing holding him back is his size. But if you if he's small, like, his size wouldn't be as big of a deal because you got other small guards in the league if he could still produce. The problem is he's hurt, and so he's not bringing enough to where, like, you're making up for his part defense. Like, defensively, he's just a cone. So offensively, it's like, hey, if your offense can make up for that, they don't care. His offense isn't making up for it. So kind of stuck in a weird spot. Um, I, ah, man, I miss IT. IT was so good. I know everybody talks about how the Solos did them, but I mean, hey, I still, it's business at the end of the day. That's why I always tell players, hey, if you can leave, go do what's best for you because these teams are going to do be- best for them. These teams aren't going to show loyalty. These teams aren't going to care about stuff like that. Do what's best for you because they're going to do what's best for them. But we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And we left off at number eight. And with the number eight pick, I have the Detroit Pistons selecting Tobias Harris. Originally, I had him taking a big. I had him taking a big. And I was like, dang, because, you know, some of, the, some of these bigs left on the board, I'm like, yeah, I can, I can rock with that. I can rock with that. However, after look, re-looking at their roster, because, you know, going based off memory, like, dang, this, this, and that. But when I went back and looked at their roster, I was like, no, they need a wing or a guard, like some kind of like scoring guard or wing badly. Like they still had stock in Greg Monroe at the time and had scoring coming from their two undersized guards of Stucky and what's called Ben Gordon. So I was like, they need, they got two undersized guards. They got some young bigs that they're, they're investing in. I'm like, mm, if anything, they need to, they can get rid of one of those, those young guards and get a bigger guard. I mean, one of those other guards, like those undersized guards and get a bigger guard. Or get a wing. 
And so I was looking at I was looking at everybody available left in the draft, and I was like, here should be a good plug plug and play guy and provide like scoring on all three levels, do a be a little do a little bit of everything, be more of an all arounder, and like easily be the best player on this team by year three, year four. And like he's he's a fringe all star. At his best, he was a fringe all star. I think he could reach that same fringe all star level with Detroit and if they don't move on from him like the Magic did early, they don't move on from him, everything like that, I I believe he could slip into an all star game or two because he'd be on he'd be the best player on this team. And if they could just, you know, get to an eight C, seven C and he put up solid numbers, I think he could I could think he could slip into an all star realm. Um, at the ninth, Charlotte is, uh, on the board. And like I said, this is tough with their franchise leading score gone. And they're originally, they traded up to get Biombo, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They no longer get trade up to get Biombo. They no longer are getting Kimball Walker. I'm going to take, have them taking Vucevic. And I'm sorry, Vucevic, because this year, this is like right after you got drafted, you immediately go into a year where y'all get nine wins as a team. Nine wins as a team. And it was even worse. I remember that year. It was even worse that year because every, you know, usually when teams like, oh, yeah, they wake up and they're like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we might let them slide a little bit. No, teams woke up on like, Ain't no way we're losing to uh, Charlotte. There was players coming out like we didn't want to be the team to end that like 20, 30 game losing streak they were on. No, nobody wanted to be the team to like let Charlotte win because they were that bad. Like, no, nah, we can't take a loss here. No, nah, everybody just worked to ensure they like they just took L's. And Vucevic is going here. And hopefully, hey, maybe with him there having a scoring big instead of an undersized guard, maybe they can win a couple more games. Um, <laughs> who knows? Maybe his offensive prowess can carry them out of poverty. I mean, he became a two-time All-Star. He expanded his game to fit the modern era, became a solid floor spacer. He led a couple bad Orlando teams to the playoffs. I mean, maybe he can do the same hit. I mean, it's wishful thinking because this, this franchise was so bad. It was so bad at the time. I mean, they're still bad, but... They were bad at the time. Like, you know, they're on the at least on the come up. Now they just need a big man. But back then they were so bad. They were so bad. I'm sorry, Vucevic. That's just uh, you just gotta go there and let your career die. Um next we have the Milwaukee Bucks, and we have them taking Marcus Morris. This is another fit pick. Milwaukee like was extremely big heavy. So I did I even though arguably the next best player on this Left in this draft is a big. But Milwaukee already had a ton of bigs on their team. Like, I don't, I don't want to see send Val there to never get a chance to play. Uh, they needed a versatile wing that could defend, rebound, do it all. And that's what's expected, like, out of Marcus Morris. That's what's expected out of Tobias Harris. You know, all these players left us. I mean, um, Tobias Harris already got, obviously got, already got drafted. But um, these are the – this is what – all you need left. And that's what I was talking about with this draft being top heavy, kind of like fizzling out. 
you're not going to get like an all-star level player here, but this is again, just a fit pick. It's a fit. You need a wing. You needed a big versatile wing. And here you go. You get a big versatile wing. Then you have golden state at 11. And unfortunately, instead of getting clay Thompson, they're going to take the big for their future. And golden state plays seven different centers this year. And none of them were worth anything. So I have them solidifying their big spot with Valanciunas. I know I just said I didn't want to send him to Milwaukee, the Lesnar, but Milwaukee at least had decent bigs. Like they had, they had solid young bigs to where you could invest in. Golden State had nothing there. They had nothing there. So I was like, hey, you look at that, you're like, eh, nah, he, he, we're fine having a big man there because he can take that spot. Like Steph lost his running, but may in. But they needed an actual big. They need an actual big. And, hey, this is the next best available player. So, at 11, you're just taking your chances at this point. At 12, I have the Utah sticking with their original pick of Alec Burks. A solid role player. Has lasted a long time in this league. Can do a little bit of everything at the shooting guard position. Uh, We've seen him bounce around. He's never going to be like a crazy all-star or anything like that. He's probably going to be more of a six-man or a starting shooting guard caliber player. He's never going to be the guy, the number two, number three, but he's going to be a solid player that you want on your team. And then I also have Phoenix sticking with their original pick of Markeith Morris. Um, Same thing, versatile, just like his brother. I think Marcus panned out, ended up being a little bit better. Uh, Markeith was playing really well in Phoenix, and they really enjoyed Markeith and Phoenix. Outside of those contract disputes that happened, I think I think it was a it was a really good time between Phoenix between Markeith. It was a really good like connection between Markeith and Phoenix. I think they can stick with that. Uh, Houston needed a defensive center, so I'm gonna have them taking the best center available in the Kardashian Slayer, Tristan Thompson, and then we're just gonna end like that. So we have so with this redraft, we're gonna have Kawhi at number one with Cleveland. Kyrie going to Minnesota, Utah taking Jimmy Butler, Cleveland back on the board taking Klay Thompson, Toronto taking Kimba, Washington taking Bogdanovich, Sacramento taking Isaiah Thomas, Detroit taking Tobias Harris, Charlotte taking Vucevic, Milwaukee taking uh, Marcus Morris, Golden State Warriors taking Valanchunas, Utah Jazz taking Alec Burks, and then Phoenix coming back over here and taking Marquise Morris. And lastly, we have Houston selecting um, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. NBA history is pretty crazy with this. Um, one of these days, who knows? I might, I might, I might, you know, be on my KLT4Q stuff, and you know, might import one of these into like a like a draft, like start importing these in the draft and go back in NBA history and just see how NBA history pans out with this instead. I might, I might do that in the future. Don't, don't, don't be surprised if I end up going back and trying to try, try something like that. But anyways, it's been another episode of the athletes podcast. Once again, shout out to the 2022 NBA champion golden state warriors. Always, always, always remember to respect women, but most importantly, remember to respect yourself. And we are...